Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. As you have deduced by now, I am not Pastor Hartman, uh, but um, nor am I just here setting him up. Uh, my name is Tara Wolf, and I'm the youth. No, you're not. I'm the director of community engagement. My goodness, I haven't done that in a while. Um, and uh, you know, ten years saying the same thing, it, it, you know, you kind of get used to it. So, um, Pastor Harmon is leading chapel over at Williamsburg Christian Academy this morning, and so yeah, so even when he can maybe be available at night, it's just easier for consistency to have one Bible study teacher also makes so. Two people don't have to prepare, so you you get me today. Um, so come on in, Snows. Um, and so I decided I tried to switch with him, and then I realized I don't usually teach Wednesday Bible study because in a month I'm I'm doing WCI. I said, Oh, I'll switch with you. Oh no, I can't. <laughs> I can't get out of anything then. Uh, so I have to do. I still have to do that. But um, Dan Steck, Krista Steck's husband, is um, a teacher there, and he is in charge of the chapel schedule, and so he. He has wisely uh, tapped into the King of Glory, um, you know, pool here so that we all get to get over there, which is really, really nice. Um, We are going to open this morning. Uh, This is the text that will be in Philippians 2, 19 through 30. I uh, have elected to use the NIV Today translation up here, so if you have a different translation, it's totally fine. If you have the ESV, NLT, any other ones, um, that is that's fine as well. Um, and so you can open to that. We are going to just do a quick round of introductions. Uh, for those of you who have been in Bible study with me before, you know that I like to have everyone say their names. Because even if you're wearing a name tag, which none of you are, uh, you wouldn't be able to see because the person would be sitting in front of you. So, um, and then we will uh, begin the prayer. So I'm Tara. We'll go this way. We'll just make like a snake all the way around. And don't forget Larry sitting in the booth uh, up there. Mary Colin Hopper. Greg Colin Hopper. Tom Slotwinski. We thank you that you are um, our creator, our redeemer, and our friend. Thank you for calling us to you in baptism, for calling us to you in the cross, Lord, to follow you. Uh, Lord, give us the wisdom and open hearts and open minds and open eyes to understand your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Um, All right, so um, as I said, we are going to be in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30. Uh, I I do want to back up just a little bit. I'm going to read 12 through 18, 
uh, you you should have ended at 18 last week. Okay, good. Um, I'm just going to back it up a little bit. But then if I could have um, somebody who would be willing to read 19 through 30, would someone be willing to read that? I can do that. Okay, okay, Steve. Um, so if you could do that as soon as I finish with 18, yeah. that would be great. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like it who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me to work in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it necessary to send back to you, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you send to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give him. Okay, great. Thank you. So, who would like to remind us of what, maybe a brief synopsis of, of what up through 18 you learned last week, or what the theme of 1 through 18, but especially, you know, I, I look, I don't know how many of you have little little headings in your Bible, um, right, that were put there, not by the original writers, but um, at the beginning of 2, it's imitating Christ's humility, yeah. and 12 on um, through 18 is do everything without grumbling. Um, so I, I know that that probably sums it up for us. But what what maybe did you land on as a Bible study last week with the with the twelve through eighteen, the grumbling, the corrupt generation, all of that? Anybody like to share? Or your thoughts on it this week? Well, it depends. I, well, the the sacrifice that Christ made, he emptied himself. Became like a man, even though he was God. Okay. That's an example for us. Great. In terms of service for us. Yep. Lois? Um, I took away how we were supposed to live as Christians and think of others and being humble and that. So I basically the same thing. Okay. How we're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. John? 
Um, Pastor talked last week about formulas, mm -hmm. and the formula that jumped out at me from the very start of the morning was verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. Mm -hmm. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Look no further, right? <laughs> the being obedient. Yes. Um, I have in my notes, we talked about the standard of conduct. And that Paul knows that a crooked generation will look for anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to the formula and how to behave for a church member and the role of the gospel to follow the gospel of Jesus Christ and be humble and consider others. Yeah. So, so I would say humility, right? Uh, we, we've just heard it even in your synopsis. So, so we have humility as our standard here of Jesus, um, and then. And then how we should act, right, is with great humility, always putting people before us. I, I, forgive me, I don't remember if you had this discussion. I know the evening class did. But the, the discussion of um, what does that mean to be humble and does that mean letting people walk all over you? Um, did you have that discussion in your morning no. class? Okay. That came up at the evening class. Uh, and, and so the question was, you know, is Paul saying, just let people treat you um, badly uh, and, and take advantage of you? And no, right? That's not, what, uh, that's not what Paul is saying here. He is saying to be humble, to think of others better than yourselves, just like Christ Jesus did for us. He got us more important than his own, um, you know, his own life. And so um, that does then beg the question, what does Paul mean here? And I think sometimes we get confused with this because we think, well, then that must mean that we need to be yes people, right? We need to just let people walk all over us. But if we are made in the image of God and we have inherent value and dignity, then you wouldn't walk all over somebody, nor would you let somebody just trample over you. Um, so, lest that, that comes up in our discussion, I think that's kind of where they, they ended with that last week as well, the, the evening uh, class. All right, so let's look at 19. We're going to start with, oh, sorry, yes, Sally. <laughs> we talked last week about Christians getting along with Christians. Yeah. And um, compromise is a good thing. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. And mostly we talked about how, um, like differences in worship styles or, you know, things that would be, that you could compromise on. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering what happens when there are things that are theological and then you have differences. And mm -hmm. so many differences between Christian denominations. Yeah. And yes, you do feel strongly about it. Um, you compromise there. You don't let people walk on you. You don't walk with anybody else. But um, it just seems sad that we have so many splinters. Mm -hmm. But it matters, you know? Yes. I agree. Yes, it yeah. is sad. Uh, a thought on that. I like to ask myself the question, is it a salvation issue? Mm. Yes. If it's a salvation yeah. issue... It's time to stand up. Mm -hmm. But if not, uh, we all have differences of opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to say salvation issue and salvation issues are the closed, the closed hand 
issues, right? Those are the things that we can't compromise. The open hand issues would be the non-scientific issues of um, style of, you know, I mean, everything from pyramids to, you know, I don't know. Hymnal. Hymnal, yes. <laughs> it's okay, you can say it. Uh, I think we all grew up with a different hymnal here. So, you know, yes. I think if you just focus on the Apostles' Creed, mm -hmm. and if we're all agreeing on that, mm -hmm. then... Like you say, everything you may just have to agree to disagree mm -hmm. on the other stuff. But if it's in the Apostles' Creed, which I think sums up uh, Christianity so beautifully, mm -hmm. uh, non-compromise. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. <coughs> I agree. I'm partial to the Athanasian, but um, Pastor never wants to do it because I keep I keep gunning for it though. You should know if it shows up, it's because I finally uh, I'm like the persistent widow. Um, so, I like it because it, it gives it gives very little wiggle room, right? Um, this is what it is. This is what it isn't. This is what it isn't. This is what it is. John. Well, at the very beginning of it, whoever wants to be saved, mm -hmm. which the others don't have, it's it's really getting. It's a salvation issue. If you want mm -hmm. to be saved, then you better understand this. Don't combine, don't divide. Mm -hmm. Over it repeats it. <laughs> over and over again. Yes. We should say it at least once a year. I agree with you. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work yeah. on that. Yes. <laughs> I'll petition. He, yes. he claims he does that. Yeah, yeah, well, we may say it. I don't know where. Yes. Some of us were chatting at the end of last week's session about kind of how humble should we be when the um, issue is one of, I don't know, you want to call it human rights, mm -hmm. um, and how to be humble and in God's image and treat somebody in God's image who, who appears to be so out of God's image. Mm -hmm. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it over the week, and I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Kim? One thing, you know, when we're talking about the humility, I go back to looking at uh, verse 3 in that chapter where it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count yourself. So I think in some ways the humility they're talking about is how we further the gospel without drawing attention to ourselves mm -hmm. as much yeah. as whether you shout out your views or whatever it's not so much about that as it is about thinking of others versus mm -hmm. yourself when you promote these ideas it's a good point yeah that's a good distinction right. yeah and it's it's interesting so in um Reconciliation. I'm a district reconciler, and so in reconciliation, we we always encourage people to realize that no one is 100% right. Um, even even when you may be 2% wrong, you should own that 100%. You should own that 2% with 100% um, humility, uh, because in any disagreement, you have some sort of sinfulness that gets in the way. Um, whether it's just your inherent sinful nature or you are, you are actually, you know, an act of commission or omission against somebody. Um, and when I think about it that way, it is much easier for me to remember to be humble because even though I am really sure that I'm right 
in matters of human dignity or in human care. Um, there's something in me, though, I know that because I'm not God, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Jesus Christ, right, uh, to say there is always going to be something that I'm, that there's a blockage there, that even, you know, I'm not approaching it with 100% humility. We can strive for that, but I don't think we're ever actually going to be able to be 100% humble. It would be great, I think, if we could. One of the fruits of the Spirit is humble. Yes. Love, joy, peace, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be able to do that 100% of the time... Um, and you'd have to be perfect. Exactly. <laughs> and as my brothers and my parents have reminded me, uh, you know, every day 0 to 18, I am not. Um, after 18, they had no uh, say in that. So. <laughs> okay. So let's look at verse 19. Um, I just want to start there for a second. Um, so this is a continuation, right? Um, we, we all know that uh, Paul didn't write these in chapters necessarily. They're in, in kind of thoughts. And so um, we're still in the same chapter. However, this, this always, you know, scripture builds on scripture. Where you get to, you're going to get to chapter 3, we're going to end there today, uh, but you're going to get to chapter 3, and it seems like Paul takes a diversion, and he does, um, but it's still building on what he's been talking about in chapters 1 and 2. And so we look at this, and it's Timothy and Epaphroditus, and it says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. To be cheered, or um, another translation is of good comfort. What do we know about Timothy so far? Who knows something about Timothy? I know some of you know something about Timothy, so just go ahead and shout it out. He's a student of Paul. Okay. Student of Paul. His grandmother influenced him. Yeah. His grandmother was a believer, influenced him. Okay. He stood by him in his, in his imprisonment mm-hmm. and was an aide to him as writing this. Mm hmm. What else? Anything else? No, that's and a few physical health issues of one yeah. or another. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Young. Young? Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. He was. Young. He was very faithful, right? He, mm-hmm. he was, a, like we said, close companion, close friend of Paul. So here we see a little bit about why, is, why Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And we go back. I, the reason I wanted to start at verse 12 is because verse 19 kind of harkens back to verse 12. Um, so Paul is saying, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only my presence, but now much more my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He's hopeful that he's going to receive this good news from Timothy, that when Timothy gets back from visiting them, that he's going to get this good news of them working out their salvation with fear and trembling, right? And so he's hoping that when he sends Timothy, Timothy's going to come back and say, hey, boss, good, good news, right? Uh, good, good report here. Um, isn't that what we love to see and hear and do when other people... Uh, maybe people you've trained, maybe your children, they're doing something without your supervision anymore. Um, I saw this little, I don't know, not mean, but like a little video clip a friend of mine posted um, when, when your kids are picking up their toys without being asked. And it's a clip from Jurassic Park where 
I forget the main character, he like gets up out of the Jeep and his eyes get really big and he's like, you know, he takes off his sunglasses and he's just amazed that someone is doing something that they're supposed to be doing without even being asked. Um, and I, I kind of think of that like this with Paul. Paul's like, all right, I'm hoping I'm going to get this good report. And and that you're going to hear this, right? I'm going to be encouraging you to do this, but you're already going to be doing it by the time by the time Timothy gets there. How does that translate to our work in Christendom? How does that translate to our work as the church? Where do we want to see that? How do we want to see that? I want you to talk to your table mates for a minute. How how do you how do we want to see that? How do we want to see that good report? Where do we want to see that in the church as the, as the body of believers? You probably want to see it in growth of the congregation. Really. Okay. Patients and self-control in what you say and think and do. Okay. Your small groups. Your small groups. Tell me a little bit more about that. That your small groups are carrying out the, your message. Yeah. That all may know the love of Jesus to the people in their group, and then that group carries it on. Okay. I think feedback from your community. Okay, a little bit more. Um, when someone says to you, where do you go to church? Yeah. And you say, King of Glory Lutheran, and they say, we hear such good things yeah. about them that if somebody needs help, you go to them. Mm-hmm. Which is frightening. Steve? Oh, I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, where do you go to church, King of Court? Oh, that's a great church. Mm-hmm. I like your church. Yeah. Doing well, then great come things. with me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jim? I like to see more youth and families involved. Mm-hmm. The yeah. I think it also has something to say for the fact that where when this good news comes back about King of Glory, we have confidence that what message or what deeds or what service we did, it's still growing and mm-hmm. it's not... It was the right thing to do, and mm-hmm. we are confident that we did the right thing, and we're still receiving it. But he has confidence that the church in Philippi is doing what they were supposed to do, and they are growing. Mm-hmm. But this is just a little check on it. Yeah, just a little, just a little check. It. It's yeah. not quite the church at Corinth, right? Yeah. Um, I just read a book last night that Cynthia gave me to read, written by the pastor Davis at the Baptist Church. Yeah. He kept using the term cultural Christians. Mm. Christians that got one foot solidly in in the material world and the other in heavenly world. And and the Bible says you can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true of a lot of Christians today. They're cultural Christians. They're trying to walk the line, keep everybody happy. And they're not true witnesses. Mm -hmm. And I think it matters what... What and who we are a witness to, right? I think a lot of times, as the Christian church, we become witnesses to other things than Christ. Um, and it, it just, I don't have a very big soapbox, but my little soapbox is, it really bothers me when people say that there are issues about Christianity, that certainly are issues that are encompassed within Christianity, but if it ha- it's not actually about Jesus the crucified and risen Savior and Lord. Um, that is who we preach, and that is who we follow. We don't, um, one of my professors at college always said, defend um, Jesus, don't defend the church. Because with the church, you'll always fail. <laughs> um, and because it's a, it's a group of people. Now, he wasn't saying don't stand up. 
for you know your church and what you believe but he was saying if it comes down to it always always be on the side of jesus and saying you know i want to talk about the the actual salvific work of jesus and i thought that was interesting pastor yeah i i think this show also shows um you know paul's pastoral heart concerned mm-hmm. about you know his concern about this church you know we have so many retired pastors here um i think it would be very discouraging as a pastor, when you, you know, what is my congregation, the congregation that I left, Yeah. how is it, how is it doing? How, do? how it, right. You know, and I send you home and ask. Yes. How things are going. <laughs> things are good, yeah. Secret envoy, yeah. But, but really, I mean, it's a, it shows his pastoral heart and concern, and I think it gets very discouraging if a congregation, you know, fails. Yeah. Once <laughs> Paul leaves. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and knowing too that Epaphroditus is going to be going, you know, he's going to be going back. He was he was with Paul, so Paul's not there. He's not there. Timothy's not there. It is kind of, a, yeah, especially in that day and age. I mean, it's not like you can send a quick text. It's not like you can send, you know, you can't. It takes a long time for information to travel. Um, Yes. I was going to say that um, a couple of years ago, and I, I hate to even mention names, so I won't, but Gil and I visited a church that a retired pastor here had really worked to get this church up to a, a really successful and yeah. um, prosperous church. And so when we went, there was like 10 people there for the uh, Good Friday service. Mm-hmm. And, and we were so surprised because no one talked to us or anything, but we just left after the yeah. service was over. And so we mentioned this when we came back, and I almost was really sorry afterwards that I even mentioned it because he just sunk. Yeah. He sunk when he yeah. heard that they had just, because he, he worked so hard to get it to where it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's really difficult. I mean, that's really, really sad. Those are the reports you don't want to right. get, right? No. You need to know, right? And so it is, it is helpful to know. Um, a lot of churches think they're the most friendly church until someone says, oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> um, or, oh, I've been here four weeks and no one has spoken to me, yeah. you know? And uh, so you do need to work on those things, but it is very sad when, when that happens. Um, yeah, Sally. <clears throat> well, if it's encouraging... We were in Philippi a little over a year ago. You were? It is in ruins. Okay. And look where Christianity has gone since then. Yeah. It was a really big city. Yeah. No. Philippi. Yeah. You can just visit the ruins. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool, though, that you were there. Great. You touch on communications. Yeah. Have to think what is the result going to be? For instance, rethinking, perhaps, as she said, and not saying anything. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to be helpful, mm-hmm. it probably needs to keep to do yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and arguing in conversation of people, the same thing applies. If you don't have a chance of changing their mind, maybe you ought to just nod and smile mm-hmm. and let them see your example as time goes along. Yeah, because in that is humility too, right? Yeah, to not need to be the one who's right or to get the last word. And I think so often we think that we are the ones who are called to change people's minds. Um, and really that's the Holy Spirit's work. And the Holy Spirit goes forth and goes before us and is with us. Um, but 
but God promises that his word is not going to come back void, not our word, right? Um, and that when we engage in the work of the gospel, we can be tools, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're always going to be the person who, you know, changes that person's mind or clinches that for someone. Sue, did you have your hand up? Okay. Do you want to say something? Yeah. Even if you didn't have your hand up, do you want to say something? No. Okay. Um, so it's interesting here. I just want to spend a few more minutes on verse 19. Look again what Paul says. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Remember now, Paul is... In jail. He's in prison. Um, he, he wants some good news, right? And not only because he wants to hear that his work was not in vain, although that is something that he expresses. He also just wants to know that the body of Christ is growing and that he has people who are, who are you know, engaged in that work. Paul's own fate is unsettled. And it's incredibly precarious. His future is precarious. It cannot be accidental that the phrase, in the Lord Jesus is there. As one commentator pointed out when I was doing some research on this passage, there are no other references in his proposed journeys where he uses this phrase, in the Lord Jesus, which is interesting, right? Um, so it's in this time of crisis and tension, and when the outlook was unsettled, he didn't know what the future would bring, but he can only make plans in who? Jesus. Right, in the Lord, in Jesus. He doesn't know what the human outcome is going to be. He doesn't know uh, what the calculation of his release of freedom is going to be. But he knows that he's in God's hands and that in the Lord Jesus, he, he is hoping these things. I think that's important for us to remember sometimes. Yes, Ken. Also, when I'm looking at it now, I'm noticing that he doesn't say that I also hope to be cheered by mm-hmm. possibly good news. I think it shows... A, a, a sense of encouragement he has for them or his confidence in them that they are doing yeah. good things. It's, yeah. You know, it's not like he's checking up on them. Yeah. He just wants to be cheered because he knows they're doing good things. Yeah. Yeah, he's not hoping for that. His hope in the Lord. His hope right. is in the Lord. BBS song from a couple of years ago. Um, and not hoping in just the good news of what they're doing. Yeah. So don't we need encouragement in times like this when things are difficult? <laughs> so Paul, so the way that this is actually written in, um, in the original language here, the I is, in, is emphatic. So it reads more like, not only will you be encouraged to have first-hand news about me, I, shall, I too shall be heartened when I get news of you, of those of you at Philippi, on Timothy's return. So he's already presupposing that he's going to get that good news there. And the expectation of the good news and the good things are things that influence people also. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so he's using the, the expectation of Christ that you will, you will follow his lead and, and do things in, in, in the stead of his teachings. Yeah. And that he's using that in itself to promote. And, and even if, if they got there and found out things weren't going so good when they read the letter, it would turn them somewhat to maybe bring the, the positive result. Yeah. He was using 
you know, positive thinking and psychology even before it was a thing, really. So, yeah, so that's good. You have to wonder about Timothy if the news had been done. How yeah. he would have conveyed that. To yeah. As yeah. someone he respected and loved, would he want to encourage him or let him know the truth? And that's a whole other story. Yeah, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- Timothy gets there and thinks, ooh. If he's like my Timothy, he'd tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and my guess is, if studying under Paul, he would, uh, he would be pretty <laughs> direct, right? All right, so let's continue on verse 20 here. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for you, your welfare. Uh, I think it's interesting. I, for just a moment, I want you to think about all the recommenda- recommendations that either you have ever received in your life or maybe you've written. I've written a lot of recommendations in my life. I think it's pretty cool that Timothy's recommendation is in Scripture, right? Um, so this is like his recommendation letter. Think about Paul. I mean, he was an encouraging person, but still, you know, this is like the, this is a pretty high up, you know, he had been high up Pharisee and now he's, you know, an apostle of Jesus. And um, it's, it's interesting to me that he chooses his words to, you know, commend Timothy to them. And they know Timothy and he continues on, you know, just... He's been proved in all of this. Um, but the way that he highlights Timothy really does give him a glowing recommendation. What most scholars think is not that um, there is no one else who can do the work, right? This is not a disparaging, well, there's no one else. I've got no one else, right? So I, I'm going to send you to him or him to you, and he's going to have genuine concern, whereas other people wouldn't. It, he's not talking about other people at all. He's using this to really commend Timothy to the the church at Philippi and to say I have no one else like him as like a glowing recommendation. Um, so imagine how that must. I mean, imagine getting that reference from Paul, and think about who we can do that for in our lives. Um, think about who you can impact and influence to say I see that this person has a gift. And they can be of great service to you, or they can be of great encouragement to you. Um, uh, Craig, where you were just saying that about, um, you know, the letter going forth and and all of that, that's what I see here. I see that this is um, Paul giving us an example of how we can encourage people in ministry, um, in their neighborhoods, in their homes, in their small groups, to say, hey, you have this gift, and you can actually, you can you know, use this for the good of the gospel. Um, And so he says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Uh, When do we do this for others? How do we do this for others? How do you do this in your your Christian life? To commend somebody to someone else. I think you look for the opportunity to do it. You also have the need for courage to do it mm-hmm. rather than back yeah. off and say someone else can do it. And that's really hard to get to that point yeah. where you want undertake to do that yourself. Yeah. It does take courage. It takes courage on a couple of levels, I think, yeah, to be able to say that. Jenny? I think the same thing is true with asking and accompanying someone to your church. Mm-hmm. It, it does take a little... Courage, yeah, because they're depending on what you've said to them to be 
concern for their welfare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Good. Larry? I think it also takes awareness. A lot of times, I know I'm guilty, I get in my busyness mm -hmm. and I'm not aware of things and I have to remember there's other things to be looking at other than the main task. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Paul had to remind Timothy too, <clears throat> we were not given a spirit of timidity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Power and love and self-control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite verse. Yeah, it's a great verse. Yeah. I always find it encouraging when people who are in the Bible doing the work of God need to be reminded of those things, right? It makes me feel a little less, you know, like a failure when I need to be reminded as well. John? This is sort of a backhanded way of telling the people in Philippi that they need to cooperate with Timothy and, yeah. and show him good respect and, and accept his message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm no one else like you're getting you're getting who you're supposed to be getting, right? Yeah. I'm sending you I'm sending you the person who has the gifts and he's gonna show genuine concern for your welfare, so so listen to him. Pastor? Yeah, I think it's referring back to um, verse four mm. of chapter two, where he says he takes a genuine interest in your welfare and Paul the quality we should have, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. saying, Timothy is that kind of person mm -hmm. who is not concerned about himself, but his interest is he is concerned about the interests of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's where we see it build, right? So he, he talks about it earlier, and now he's really giving a real-life example without saying, hey, remember when I wrote this a couple sentences beforehand? Yeah, I think he's saying that you know he's offering them encouragement in the entire thing because and kind of solidifying his concern for them because I'm I'm sending you the best of the best to help yeah. you help you in this struggle mm -hmm. and want you to follow what we've prescribed that we want to do. Yeah. So engage with that, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So I want, you know, I, I want you to think about that um, between now and, and next week. Start to, like Larry said, start to notice a little bit more, maybe. Um, and, you know, being in the positions that I've had, um, I've had to recruit a lot of people, right, to work with youth and children. And a lot of times people will say, I don't have the, um, it's a Bible verse. Yes, Okay. Um, yeah, it's on the front presenter. That's probably why. Oh, yeah, because I'm not picking it up back here, so I can't okay. do the split screen. Yeah, um, I use a different program today. Oh, okay. um, so, interesting, because a lot of times I've had to tell people, I'm not just asking you because we need volunteers. I'm asking you because you, you have been recommended to me as someone who has a specific gift for these, this person or this person who you can help in ministry. Um, I don't anticipate that that's going to change vastly while working with adults, um, <laughs> adults with adults, uh, but you know, you have to be able to say to people, um, this is not just a, hey, I'm begging you to come and, and volunteer. It's, I'm, you know, someone has said that they have seen you care for people in this way, or they have seen your spirit of generosity, <coughs> or they have seen your spirit of peace. Um, you know, and, and I'd love for you to engage your 
God-given gifts and spirit-given, you know, spiritual gifts to be able to further the kingdom. Um, and it does take courage, no matter, you know, at what level you're doing that, but to be able to say to people, and I affirm that in you, and it's not, it's not lip service, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage you to start looking for people and seeing the gifts that they have, even if you're not asking them to do anything, <laughs> even if you're just trying to, you know, see the people and how they could minister to others. Um, not everyone has been given the same gifts, and, and that's why we're called the body of Christ, right? So that we can work together. And so I think we see this here, especially with Timothy. Um, Our next verse, it sounds like an indictment, uh, but it's not. (laughs) Um, At least that's what most scholars have come to the conclusion. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. It sounds like Paul is saying no one else is paying attention to the interests of Jesus Christ. Again, most scholars don't think that he's, he's addressing anybody else. But he's specifically doing this in reference and in in conjunction with this recommendation of Timothy. Also going back to, like Pastor said, verse 4, you know, don't look out for your own interests, but look out for the interests of others. He, he says that earlier. He's saying this here, but he's not saying, you know, these other people who are with me aren't doing this. He's just saying, hey, Timothy... Timothy is going to care for you, and he's going to show you great concern for your welfare. Um, and, and so that's why he's the best here, because he's not looking out for his own interests. He's looking out for the interests of, of Jesus. So it doesn't mean that there were literally no other people who were engaged in the gospel, but for this task, for this appointment, Timothy was the person with the gifts, strengths, and grace to be able to be the envoy or the ambassador for Paul. If you think about it again, Paul. Paul's a big, big guy, right? He's 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 very important in writing most of the New Testament, and he's very important in planting churches and preaching and and pastoring churches. He wants to be able to say, "I'm sending you who you should be, you know, listening to and who you should have here." Um, so I think it's important to see that he's spending this time on on Timothy. But you know, to instill confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so important when you're doing something from afar. Yeah. That that I'm sending someone you don't know them, but I have a lot of confidence. Yeah. And they can do it. Yeah. Well, Kim, uplifting that was for Paul, for Timothy. Yeah. To read that. Yeah. To know. To know that's how Paul felt. Yeah. Well, I feel like he's also following, and Paul always justifies why you should listen to him. Yeah, you know, when, yeah. You know, he talks about seeing Jesus and, and all those different pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by by referring to Timothy this way, he's he's doing that same sort of justification of Timothy as he yeah. does for himself when he begins a letter to a church. Mm-hmm. Address as a group. Yeah, and if you because if you also remember at this time there are a lot of traveling missionaries and preachers, right? Um, we we talked about this last summer in First, Second, and Third John to be able to discern who who's really a missionary, you know, spreading the gospel, and who who's maybe not, <laughs> you know, and, and maybe just trying to get some free food and some free lodging. And so it's also important to say, and here are some credentials, right? And I'm I'm behind him. Um, continues verse 22, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel, just highlighting that relationship that they have together, right? Um, I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. 
here we go, right? Paul doesn't know what's going to happen. He, he doesn't know what's happening to him. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's, he's hoping that he's going to be able to send him as soon as he can. Um, and then in verse 24, and I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. So either way, whether or not he gets out um, and goes right after Timothy, or if he gets out a little after Timothy, he's confident not in you know, the justices and principalities of the day, not in himself, but he's confident in the Lord that he will, self, he will himself come soon. I'm always really encouraged, especially by Paul, when I think about the troubles of our life and how Paul, again, he was in prison, right? He's in jail. He's, he doesn't know what's going to happen. But his reminders to us are that in the Lord, the Lord has these plans. And, and really, either way, the gospel is going to go forward, right? It's not all up to him. The gospel will continue. He's done his work. But he, he's also okay, no matter what happens. Um, you know, things don't go well for Paul, really his whole ministry. Um, you know, he's blinded, he's beaten, he's tried, they try to kill him. Um, in the end, he does end up getting killed. Um, you know, but, but he's, he's confident in the Lord. And to me, that's such a witness to say, wow, I don't know. There's a lot of trials and, and tribulations, but for for Paul to still to be able to say this, that seems seems like a good encouragement for us uh, today. Marion. We were at a restaurant at Sal's and Victory the other yeah. day with another couple on Saturday. And we had a server who was very confident in the Lord. Hmm. And I, I mentioned to her, I said, gee, you're so happy. And I worked <laughs> so hard. And she said, well, because of him. And then she went on to witness hmm. about no matter what happens to her. She gives it all to him, so she doesn't pay to be miserable. Just be happy in God. Yeah. And Tommy even said, boy, what a good witness she was. Yeah. It just reminds me of her when you did this. That encouragement, right? Yeah. It was encouraging to you. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and you know, instead of, you could take that two ways. I would first think, gosh, man, I am. I'm miserable, right? I got to be less miserable. But then it's also, oh, wait, let me look at that example and say, okay, yeah, I can, I can cling to that as well. Especially we were with a couple who's not a Christian couple. Wow. So it was just like, wow, they were impressed. What a God sighting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts here in verse 20, 22 through 24 with, with Timothy and, and Paul? I keep seeing in all of this writing that we've just gone through how all this must make Timothy feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's put in a position of great responsibility, but just how much faith they have in the Lord and in his ability as a person to be able to conduct this business that he's charged with. Yeah. Because it's got to be a very daunting task for him anyway. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, Tom? I have picked up everything that's mm-hmm. being said or the comments, but I've been thinking to myself, you know, we should be witnesses to our children and to our family members, mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And love begins in the home and by example. And a real important thing is our families, mm-hmm. and that's where I think we really need to witness and keep it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. And, and not be afraid to change, I think, too. Because I, I sometimes talk to people who say, well, I didn't do such a good job when I was raising my kids or when I you know, was younger. But to not be afraid to say, hey, I'm making a change, right? And I'm going to show that love now. And I've been redeemed and I've been given that spirit of not a spirit of timidity, right? And not a spirit of fear, but to say, I'm going to live now more in accordance with, with God's ways. So, yeah. Anyone else? Uh, I've got a uh, comment about inviting people to church. I think when you do that, it's not good enough to just invite to your church. Mm -hmm. You should be able to say, answer the question, why do I want to invite you to church? Yeah. Because we have a girlfriend program. Uh, we practice the love of Christ. Why am I inviting you? And then go on, if possible, to say, how about if I pick you up Sunday morning at 10.45? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, just to throw it out there and back away and say, oh, I didn't know I should if I invited to the <laughs> church. What a great yeah. evangelist I am. No, you're not. That's not enough. You can yeah. do better yeah. Don't think about 915. you got to be here at 915, Pastor. you got to be here at 915 so you can come to Bible study at 930. Um, so you can learn about 1 Corinthians uh, 13 this week. All right. So then we get into Epaphroditus. Let's finish this up. Um, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Um, Paul is not sending him back because he's done something wrong. Kim, what you said before, we see Paul do this here with Epaphroditus too, to say, hey, listen, you sent him to take care of my needs, but, but guess what? He longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was very ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, uh, on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. I love that. Paul's like, listen, like, can you spare me some anxiety, right? He's already got enough anxiety. He's in prison. Um, he's sending him back, uh, not because he's done anything wrong. And, he, and Paul explains this because Epaphroditus could feel, right, like he failed, He's, he was sent to go help Paul and take care of his needs. Back in that day, travel, right? What do we know about travel on the road then? Dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous, right? Yeah, we've got parables about it. We have, we have a biblical history about it. It's not a safe place to go. You shouldn't send money through the mail today, nor should you have sent money, you know, just with any other messenger back in that day. And so Epaphroditus is sent so that he can not only provide for Paul's needs, but be a companion to him and take care of him. Um, I, I'm not going to suppose the word sheepish, but I could see where maybe it would be that feeling like, and now I'm coming back, you know, and, and they're like, no, we sent you to take care of Paul. But Paul's saying, hey, listen, there's his pastoral heart again, right? To say, listen, he's been worried because you've been worried because he's been ill. Um, let's get you back together, right? Let's get you back together. He He's going back, 
Not because Paul doesn't need him necessarily anymore, but Paul's okay. Paul knows he's going to be okay, no matter what happens. And Epaphrodite, he's so, he was so ill, he almost, he almost died. That's, think of, again, let's go back, 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 back. No hospitals, not, you know, this is not a modern society where they can just be like, hey, yeah, I'm fine, I'm getting out of the hospital in a couple of days. Um, he, he almost died, he was incredibly ill. They were so worried about him uh, that the anguish that, that is talked about here is also the word used for the anguish that Jesus experienced in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's, that's anguish, right? <laughs> that, that's some real worry there. Um, and that's the kind of worry that was happening. John. <coughs> Learning something about Corinthians and Paul here from this because he's so concerned about other people and their feelings in very complicated ways that his anxiety is that they will be worried about somebody else and he's worried they'll be and getting into that and, and then first Corinthians like, Whoa, you're really upset because there's none of that. He's like, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're right down the line. <laughs> yeah. And you read them in a certain order. They weren't necessarily written that way, and this is Paul more not upset with, you know, you're really off course here. Right. It's a different kind of just to see the, the upsetness of Paul in Corinthians, how upset he was, because this is more Paul not being upset and being, yeah, it's okay, you can make it, and, mm-hmm. and like that. And he's probably more like that than he was in First Corinthians, but just the gap there yeah. of how he writes here and how he writes there. And I think that's why it's important for us to understand the situations to, you know, what she was writing. And oftentimes we like to do something that I call versitis, um, which means you take a verse. I think Pastor talked about this. He he called it like the greatest hits, right? Or something last week where Philippians has a lot of the greatest hits. Um, I call it versitis where you take a verse and you use it for your own uh, without any context um, for anything else. And it's not that scripture can't be encouraging and uh, soothing at times, but to use it for your own uh, selfish ambition (laughs) or for your own work instead of in humility can lead us then to say, well, either Paul was all like this or all like this, or my gosh, I can't understand Paul because he says this one thing in First Corinthians about how worship should be and this, that, and the other thing. And then Philippians, he's saying, well, this is another way. Um, but to understand the context, just like no, I mean, church now is the same. Neither were they the same then as well. Um, they didn't have all the same problems. So, yeah, so I, I think it's interesting that he's asking for no anxiety. Yes? <laughs> a question for a change. Sure. Uh, he's, I'm confused. Is he sending Timothy and Epaphroditus to both of them, or what's going on there? Yeah, he's sending them both um, for different purposes, somewhat. I mean, somewhat still for the same purpose, so that they can be an encouragement. Um, but Epaphroditus, he was at the church in Philippi, and he was like their... I don't want to say missionary to Paul, but he was uh, their he was their Stephen minister, you know. So they sent him they sent him out to go care for Paul, um, and now really he's being sent back because he was so ill that they were so concerned about him. So what the rest of his function when he gets back there, we don't we don't really know, um, but. He's specifically sending Timothy, so that Timothy's also going to come back. Okay, with a report. 
Yeah, with a report. Yeah, so he's he's like the envoy. He's the ambassador. Sounds um, like maybe he's sitting at the <clears throat> judges to be there. Yes, he's he's going back. Yep. Yeah, he was some somewhat involved in the leadership of the church. Um, that's they're pretty certain about that of some some sort, um, providing some sort of care for the church there. But they sent him to go be with Paul. Yeah, John. He's sending Epaphroditus back with what we call a strong fitness report. Uh, <laughs> you know, he wouldn't have had to say he's your brother and co-worker and all those good things. He right. said, I'm sending them back to you. Yeah. Go with that. That and also, so he, he's also saying that, though, because he wants them to know that he's not being sent back because he's done something wrong um, or, or because they made a mistake in sending him. Um, but, hey, listen, he's still, he's still all these things to you. But you're getting him back. Not be, again, not because he failed. Joan, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at uh, 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus. And then I'm looking down at 24. And I trust in the Lord. And then I'm looking farther down, 26. Um, longing, mm-hmm. distress, uh, less anxious. And it's making me feel like I can be both. Yeah, and then, that just because I may be distressed and anxious, it doesn't mean that I don't trust in the Lord. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think there's a need to feel um, more self-confident in one's faith, mm-hmm. and I just am encouraged by reading this. Yeah, that's why I love Paul. He's he's all over it, right? Like he's like. Um, and, you know, please don't cause me anxiety, but I, my hope is in the Lord, you know. He's very real about his feelings, which I really appreciate. All right, let's read these last couple of verses, and then we'll, we'll finish up here. Um, so then, welcome him, him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. Here we go again with Kim's, you know, pointing out, hey, here's his credentials. Welcome him back with joy. He's not in trouble. Um, because he almost died for the work of Christ, he risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves cannot give me. Again, not an indictment. Sounds a little backhanded. <laughs> um, but literally, they couldn't give it to him without any safer way than sending somebody to give it. Um, they couldn't just send money. They couldn't send you know, the whole church to care for Paul. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not a backhanded um, compliment there. All right, so you have successfully made it through chapter 2. Which is exciting, I know. Thank you so much. Um, we'll end in prayer, but thank you for letting me uh, be with you today. And I encourage you, again, to have those open eyes and open hearts and open minds to seeing people and seeing their gifts and how God is using them. Um, just a couple of announcements. Uh, we, we're we going to have a cluster next week. Um, not at 10 o'clock. We're going to have it at 11 a.m., I believe. I think that's the... Um, idea. There's going to be a cluster on building the vision update. Um, so make sure that you look. There's a letter going out about that. Um, as well as um, there was some oh, Super Bowl this weekend. Super. Super. Evening Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. I don't really care about the football bowl. Um, but uh, if you can bring in some canned soup uh, for Super Bowl drive, uh, you can vote for your team. You know the two teams. If you don't, it's the Rams and the Patriots. 
um, or Team Jesus, which doesn't mean that you don't love Jesus if you vote for another team. Team Jesus is, I don't care about football. Uh, I just want to help them. Um, please bring non-cream soups, so like meat, base, like turkey, vegetable, um, beef, chicken, thank you. Um, no seafood, um, because that's harder. Remember, we give this people who allergies and also people who live in hotels and, you know, uh, making cream-based and seafood uh, uh, in microwaves and hotels, not recommended. So uh, please do that this weekend. That would be fabulous. Um, all right, any prayer requests for the group today? Sue? Um, we have a little family friend named Iowa. She's yes. 10. And she kind of has been in and out of the hospital with really severe stomach issues mm -hmm. that can then start presenting themselves, you know, with heart issues and uh, so far I don't know that it has a specific name but they think it is metabolic okay. and she's just a little wisp of a thing anyway and when she goes through these vomiting spells yeah. she loses even more weight and anyway I know speaking of anxiety yeah. her parents have a lot of anxiety about this and uh, this, the care Father, thank you for this opportunity to spend time in your word and also to learn from one another, to hear how your spirit um, dwells in each of us and the thoughts that you've given us, Lord, the experiences that you've given to us. Uh, Lord, just thank you for that opportunity. Not everyone has this opportunity, and we pray for those um, throughout the world who live in places where they can't speak your name, where they're persecuted for their faith. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would strengthen them in their faith, strengthen them in their resolve to follow you. Uh, Lord, help us to be good witnesses for you, to defend you um, and the cross and the salvation that you have won for us. Lord, this week we would ask that you give us open hearts and minds and eyes to see the gifts that you've given to other people, to encourage one another um, in a genuine way, Lord. Let Timothy and Paul and Paphroditus be uh, examples for us so that we can not just learn from them, but also implement the way that um, Paul has encouraged them in the scriptures. And God, today we pray for all who are sick, all who are on our prayer guide. Lord, we pray especially for little Isla that you would be with the doctors and nurses and help them to figure out what um, is going on with her and her and her body, Lord. Preserve her, take care of her, and send people to care for her like the quicks. Um, Lord, let the uh, prayer bear be a great blessing to her, to let her know that there's a community who's praying for her and who cares for her and who wishes to see her well. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.